Welcome to MedSider.com, where you can learn from a mix of experienced medical device mentors through uncut and unedited interviews. Now, here's your host, Scott Nelson. Hey everyone, it's Scott Nelson. Just a few quick messages before we get started. First, as a reminder, MedSider is on iTunes. Just do an iTunes search for MedSider and you can subscribe to the podcast for free. That way, all the new interviews will automatically download to your iTunes account. It's super easy. Also, if you like the podcast, don't forget to rate it. That really helps us out. A couple other ways you can follow MedSider, subscribe to our email newsletter, like us on Facebook, or join our LinkedIn group. Second, since 2005, my friend Ryan Gray has been helping thousands of medical sales professionals keep an edge on the competition. He gathered a team of sales managers and top sales reps to discover the best ideas and practices that drive more business and yield the most commissions. Their findings are highlighted in the number one medical sales book of all time, the Medical Sales Desk Reference. You can find the Medical Sales Desk Reference at Amazon.com or go to Ryan's website at VendiziGroup.com. That's V-E-N-D-E-S-I-G-R-O-U-P.com. And here's your program. Hello, everyone. Welcome to MedSider, home for ambitious medical device upstarts. This is Scott Nelson, and for those of you who are new to the program, this is a show where I interview dynamic people that are doing interesting things in the medical device and med tech arena. And on today's program, we have Joe Hage. He is the founder and CEO of Medical Marcom, which is a medical device marketing consultancy that specializes in marketing communications, marketing strategy, lead gen, web development, and social media. Joe is a Warren MBA and a 20-year marketing professional. He's got a very interesting background, did some very cool things um, at, a, at a previous company before he started Medical Marcom. So without further ado, welcome to the call, Joe. Thank you very much, Scott. And so I want to definitely get into your background, especially, um, especially some of the, uh, some of the um, uh, remarkable things that you, that you were able to accomplish while at Cardiac Science. I also want to talk to you about what you're doing now uh, uh, with Medical Marcom. But you recently posted a Twitter doctor list that I thought was, was really interesting because I've never seen something like that um, available online. So explain that. Let's start there. Uh, so I keep an active blog. And it's certainly a way that I attract uh, traffic and attention to my brand and my selling proposition. And I created an Excel spreadsheet. It's downloadable and it's sortable, so it's not like anything that I've seen elsewhere because it required a lot of work and time to put together. And um, what I did was I looked at all doctors that are on Twitter that I could find in the U.S. And people can come to the website and download this spreadsheet, and they can sort by the doctor's specialty and by their clout, that is, how much influence they have in the uh, social media community, by how many tweets they typically do a day. It uh, references their bio, their location. It's a whole bunch of facts that uh, I needed to go to a couple of different applications to pull together. And I think one of the reasons that it really seems to have hit a chord is how much work it took to put together. People don't have time for that kind of stuff. And so uh, what I did was I made this accessible to people who give me their email information. So at the same time, I'm building a list of connections, potential prospects, maybe not. The beautiful thing about social media and about being in business for myself is I can try stuff. If it works, great. If it doesn't, also great. I learned something new. And what I'm finding with this is I seem to have hit a chord. In the 48 hours since I've launched it, I've increased the size of my email subscription base by 20%. And to me, that's okay. a huge win. I'm really excited about it. Right. 
And that, that honestly doesn't su- overly surprise me because, like I said just before, I've never seen um, a, 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 a Twitter list of doctors. And so um, obviously with, with amazing content comes, uh, typically comes uh, interest. And so uh, that's very cool. But what I'm curious, though, about this, Twitter, this doctor Twitter list, is there, did, you, did you find, did you see any trends um, since, you know, since you put it together in terms of like, you know, there's, you know, 5% of doctors heavily use Twitter while the rest of the 95% barely use it, that kind of stuff? Uh, actually, among those that I found, most of them were somewhat active. Uh, I have, you know, a couple dozen who, you know, have a handle and they hardly ever tweet and they have absolutely no clout, and you can sort the list and see who they are if you're instead interested in finding who, you know, who's in the palliative care part of the industry, you can sort by specialty and just choose to follow those people. So uh, I think it's a convenient tool. And if I may, for your listeners, the implication for you is uh, relating to lead generation. If you're right. in medical devices, in my experience, and I'll just uh, quickly say that I was director of marketing communications for a publicly traded medical device company called Cardiac Science. We sold automated external defibrillators, cardiac monitoring, and rehabilitative equipment. And each lead could be worth thousands of dollars. So it was in our uh, best interest to capture contact information whenever possible on the website. And that's really the selling proposition that I have for Medical Marcom. Um, When people show up at your site, don't squander the chance of starting a dialogue with them. And my doctor list, for example, gives me that opportunity. Somebody has to say, hi, Joe, I was here. I don't know why they needed the list. I don't know how they're going to use the list. But I know who they are. And I can look at, for example, their domain. So if it's scott at yahoo.com, not so helpful. If it's scott at Boston Scientific, I can go look up Scott Boston Scientific on LinkedIn, see what that person does and poke around a bit, and I may have something that can be helpful for him sure. or her. Sure. Um, that, the, the one thing that, I, that I, I thought of right away when I saw that you posted that, that Twitter list, is, is, a, is a piece that I think um, that I see most medical device companies missing out on is that for those physicians that are on Twitter, they tend to post, you know, I'm not going to say personal things, but they tend to, they tend to um, use Twitter as sort of an outlet into what they're thinking. Um, you can get a different take on a position that you may not have otherwise, uh, you know, gotten if you see, you know, what they're posting on Twitter. And so it's an, that's an amazing tool to, to engage with a physician um, in a very unique way. And so that's, in, that's immediately my, was, my, was my first take on your Twitter list, and I think uh, would be a great, great tool for, um, for, uh, for anyone, really, in, in, in a sales or marketing capacity with a, at, at a medical device or a med tech company to, uh, to download. So they, they can just go to your website, right, to download that, medicalmarcon.com? Yep. I'll, uh, I'll yeah, have a, uh, an easy link. You'll be able to find it. Gotcha. Okay. And I'll, I'll make sure to post that, uh, 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 post that link uh, within, the, um, uh, within the body of this, uh, of this post. So um, very cool. So what, what I'd like to do uh, now is, is learn a little bit more about your background. I'd like the audience to get a feel for, for, uh, for what you accomplished um, prior to your work at Cardiac Science and then some of the cool things you did there. And then we'll go, to, go into what you, what you learned while at Cardiac Science and then what you've, what you've learned so far since founding uh, Medical Marcom in terms of 
what most medical device and med tech companies miss in terms of online marketing, internet marketing, et cetera. So um, let's dig into your background a little bit. Before, can you give us just, I don't want to go into too much detail, but can you give us a brief overview of what you did prior to, uh, you know, the, your, 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 uh, your, your position at Cardiac Science? I will, and I, I desperately want to keep this interesting for your followers, so I'll be real short on the bio, and you can sure. go to Medical Marcom and you can read all about me. Um, sure. But I'm a 20-year marketer. Uh, I grew up at Kraft Foods and dial you know, forward many, many years. My last position, uh, as I shared, was Director of Marketing Communications for a medical device company. And I really want to applaud um, my supervisor there, who brought me on with absolutely no medical experience. I had done nothing medical in my career. And he uh, basically took a chance with me and was open to leveraging online contemporary marketing strategies, which can be applied to any field. And I think one of the reasons that I'm finding some nice early success with Medical Marcom is I'm catering to a niche that is woefully underserved. It seems to me, uh, looking at you know medical sites in general, that it's almost like the Internet has passed them by. Yes, they have sites, but they mm-hmm. aren't spending their, their effort behind uh, using the media as effectively as they can. And so that's kind of my selling proposition. And what I found at Cardiac Science, for example, the things that work so well, um, when we redid our website, um, we increased page views by 253%. When we added multiple places on the site for lead generation, for people to actually get in touch, we created in a 15-month period a sales pipeline worth in excess of $7 million. These are mm-hmm. big numbers. And, right. um, you know, when I'm evaluating a, a prospect, for example, one of the things I'll look for is how easy do they make it for someone to raise their hand and indicate some interest in their product. Hmm. Repeat that again. I think that's important. When I'm evaluating a prospect, and by prospect, when I'm, uh, when I'm looking at medical device companies that I think need help increasing their sales, I look to see how easy is it for me to leave my contact information. And I'll, uh, I'll expand on that because I do think it's an important point. If you have to find a Contact Us page, and it's not easily found either in your primary navigation, and by that I mean you know, the top five categories, easy places to click, you're making it too difficult. If when you go to the Contact Us page, the Contact Us page is about you and not them, you're missing out on an opportunity. For example, if I just want to find out about your stress machine, you don't have to ask me for my physical address. What does that have to do with I want information about your stress machine? Sure. I don't want you to mail me anything. I don't need to tell you that I work for a hospital or I'm a primary care physician. I just want to know about it. So let me give you my email address so you can send me something. And it's incumbent on you, the manufacturer or marketer at that point, to make something fruitful from that email address. 
on my website, and I've done some testing to get me to this place, the only piece of information I ask for is your email address. I don't even ask what your first name is. I don't worry about, well, later on when I want to send you an email, I have to say, Dear Scott. Sure. That's not so relevant. Not to mention that you might say something silly in there because it's you know a field. If you don't give me a relevant email address, I can't send you the information that you want, so you're inclined to give me something that you can get. You can unsubscribe later as well. But I make it very easy for you. Just tell me who you are, and it's incumbent on me to write you back. I'm not talking about Exact Target and all these other fancy applications that have an automatic response so that whenever somebody fills in the field, they automatically get this campaign one after another, after another, after another. Each yep. prospect for me is potentially worth tens of thousands of dollars. Hmm. I can take the time to find out about Scott Nelson, do a little research, 10 minutes worth, and write a relevant, personal, timely email back to you. So, so let, let, let's, stop there. Let, let's stop there because I, I was going to ask you what the next step is to set up like an auto drip campaign, but you brought up a good point because this, this arena is so much different than traditional Internet marketing because one, one lead, the, the cost of, a, the cost of um, I, I should say the lifetime value of a customer and maybe the Internet marketing world is, you know, 100 bucks, 200 bucks. What, I'm, I'm not entirely sure what that number is. But the lifetime value of a customer in the device space could be worth thousands, tens of thousands, maybe sometimes even hundreds of thousands of dollars over the course of a, you know, two to ten year period of time. So you're saying that once that customer enters a, just their simple email address, maybe that pools to a team that then has the capacity to write a very personalized, you know, email to that person, getting in touch with them, et cetera? Is that kind of what you're getting at? Yes. Okay. That's a great point. That's a great point. I, like I said before, I was just going to ask you if you put that into some sort of auto-drip or auto-responder campaign, but you're saying no. That's a great, that's a great idea. That's a great idea. I mean, okay. to be sure, there is a role for auto-responder campaigns. I'm not you know, saying no. And there's mm -hmm. nothing wrong with you know, once they sign up, they get a welcome email of some kind. But right. that's also not to say that it doesn't deserve a specific personal follow-up. Now, mine is a small shop. People expect to hear from me. That needn't be the case at a major company, but there's certainly nothing wrong with the, you know, director of, you know, vascular sales for, you know, the Western region to write back. Sure. What I hear sometimes from clients, and I, I have a, a funny story to share. Back a job or two ago, um, I wrote a campaign that um, helped retain clients, and what I wanted to do was to actually put the name of the head of the person um, of that group and that person's email and that person's phone, in fact, his cell phone. And he was like, what, are you out of your mind? You're <laughs> going to send my cell phone out to 20,000 people? I don't have time for this blank, 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 blank. Yeah. Now let me ask you, when was the last time you did call somebody because they put their phone number on the bottom of a piece of written mail? Now, that's rhetorical. Uh, you might still say, yeah. well, still a dozen phone calls. Well, what if these dozen phone calls are from prospects worth tens of thousands of dollars? Do you have time for that call? What's more is, if you think about, 
if I put the CEO of your company's cell phone number on a piece of paper and I distribute it to everyone, who would have the audacity to phone the CEO of a company on his cell phone <laughs> without a really, really good reason? And that really, really good reason is reason enough for that person to take the call. Otherwise, they completely shoot their credibility and any chance of doing whatever it is they wanted to do by nature of the phone call itself. What's the gotcha. point of the story? The point of the you know, story that, that, is show how incredibly accessible you are, and people will self-select who really needs to talk to you because everyone's busy. Don't be afraid of putting yourself out there. Gotcha. It's a, a great that 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 uh, that concept of 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 almost making the CEO's cell phone available. Immediately thinks of you. You're probably familiar with Richard Scoble, the big tech kind of. Of course. You know, inter, um, guy that does interview on on tech startups, and whatnot. He he puts a cell phone on his on his blog and encourages people to reach out to him. And he does it for a reason because most people don't. They'd rather shoot an email. And of course, his inbox is probably just jam-packed, but no one actually takes the time to call them, which that, that's, a, that's a fascinating point that, you know, uh, device companies should operate under that mindset that they should, they should open up things to the point where the CEO should readily provide a cell phone number. Um, I'm not saying that's the right strategy for everybody. You know, right. I don't imagine that Jeff Immelt wants personal calls from our rate shareholders. I'm sure he right. could get a few of those, but I think you, you get the point I'm trying to make. Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, I wanted to get into a little bit of things about cardiac science, but while we're on this topic of uh, of these key things that um, that almost most med, med med tech and medical device companies are missing in terms of marketing, um, let's go into some other things. You care if we dive into that right oh, now? Sure, sure, sure. Yeah, let, let uh, let's do that. So maybe in your days at cardiac science, and then and then in your times in your time since founding Medical Marcom. Uh, what what else are you seeing? What 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 other big areas or trends that you see most med tech and medical device companies uh, miss out on? Uh, I just had a conversation with a um, a publicly traded medical device company uh, earlier this week, and uh, he said, you know, what's the first thing you would do for us? He was kind of evaluating my services, uh-huh. and I said, well, you know, I haven't spent the time doing the due diligence uh, just yet, but I would say that the, the model for marketing really just about everywhere, especially in the B2B space, is turned on its head with search engines because people don't want to be marketed to. Instead, they'll find out information on their terms. And the way that they do that is they enter their terms into a search engine, usually Google. And they say, I'm looking for, you know, vascular equipment, whatever. How do you rank? And the term SEO and search engine optimization sounds like voodoo to people, like a made-up industry. You know, I'm going to get, you know, people just, you know, sucking up my budget and what am I going to get for it? I really believe that it is the most important thing you can do to be where people are when they are looking for you. It's like, it's like if, you're, if you want to have a, a jewelry place in Manhattan, you know, diamonds, you'll want to be in the diamond district mm-hmm. um, because that's where people are shopping. And you can save a lot of money 
having your place in Queens, but you may not attract the kind of traffic that you want. And you think about, we talked again about the lifetime value of a customer. What's each customer worth? Calculate what you'd be willing to spend to acquire a customer. And make sure that if somebody does click through, they go to a place that's relevant for what they're looking for. So the right answer is not send everyone to the home page. If you were talking about stress machines, for example, make sure they land on your stress system category. Don't make them go looking around. Have uh -huh. something on that page that engages them, that gives them a reason to give their contact information. And remember, too, that the barrier is high. People don't want emails. Emails is homework for people. So, you know, you maybe put in a guarantee. I am not adding you to a list. I am not, la, 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 you know, all these things. Sure. That it is a one-to-one -one communication. On Cardiac okay. Science, we added a form. We called it a short form. And on most of the product pages, if not all of the product pages, it, and I don't have it in front of me, it was something like, what's your name? What's your email? What are you looking for? It's as open-ended as that. And one of the early pieces of feedback I got was, well, Joe, we're not getting leads on this. Some of them are just you know, really wanting to talk to customer care. And I said, good. We're right. here for our customers. So whatever it is that the customer is looking for, make it as easy for them as possible. Sure. So number okay. one, don't dismiss the next person who says, oh, SEO is important. It's vitally important. And make sure that when somebody gets to your site, you have engaging content and a reason to offer your contact information. I mean, if you were to stop the interview right here, that would be my main message. Make sure that you can be found, and when you are found, make sure that you are relevant, engaging, approachable, and give the information that they're looking for, and give them a reason to tell you who they are. I'm just jotting these notes down because it's, it's, uh, it's really it's actually really good stuff. So SEO is important, or in other words, make sure you can be found and then make mm -hmm. sure your content on your site is relevant, engaging, approachable, and, and make sure you're giving, whether it's a customer or a prospect, a reason to submit their information that we said? Yep. Yeah. To just raise their hand and give their email address or call you or whatever. I That's had a, okay. uh, a prospect call me yesterday, and I said, how did you find me? And he said, um, I typed in medical marketing, and I found that to be a terrific mess. There was, you know, <laughs> things about, you know, make your practice better and all these things that were really irrelevant to me. So I went and I self-selected and I uh, narrowed my search criteria, and I called it medical device marketing. And I showed up on the first page. Now, I'm not the number one medical device marketing result. I'm lower down on the page. He said, well, I clicked on the ones above you first and quickly clicked off of them because they didn't seem to be what I was looking for. But when I showed up on your site, I watched the video about what you were saying, and then I poked around some more. And I saw that you put in some little, you know, a little bit of humor here or there that made me feel that I could relate to you. 
And then I uh-huh. looked at your blog, and I saw that you were keeping it up and keeping it refreshed and giving me relevant information. And then I decided I'll let you know who I am. That, that's a great that's a great story because I'm thinking like if I if I'm if I'm listening to this in the audience and I'm thinking well Joe I'm listening to you tell that story and I'm thinking well Joe you you run your own business a little you know a, a, a consultancy business it's not the same and 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 my counterpoint to that is why 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 isn't that the same um, that person is a customer for you but what what about a patient that's searching for um, a you know treatment for their swollen leg or their irregular heartbeat, or what about the doctor that's looking for a different way? Um, you know, I, maybe their equipment in their office is getting old, or in their lab at the hospital is getting old, and they just do a random search for new equipment. So, in, in a sense, it's different, but in reality, it's all the same. It's still customers, and you still—they're still looking. They're still back to your point of, of making making sure your your information is relevant. It's the same thing, right? It's an, there's an application for just about any industry. Right, right, and uh, that that goes back to an earlier question I was going to ask you is, is you didn't have any you didn't have any any medical experience when when you were brought on at cardiac science, and I, w- I wanted to ask you this at some point, but it kind of fits. Is that is that one of the reasons why they saw the different the different value in terms of marketing that you brought to the table and said he can learn, he can know we can teach him enough about the the medical space. We just want we just want all the, all the marketing engine behind Joe Hage. Is that is that kind of what they were after? I think that's fair to say. Now I was the director of marketing communication. There was also a director of defibrillation and a def, uh, director of cardiology. Um, I never needed to be the subject matter expert. And to this day, sure. and I'm happy to offer it to anyone who's listening. Yeah, I know a thing or two about medical devices and medicine and healthcare, and I talk about it a lot, but I know a lot of smart people much more specialized in this than I am. The value of working with me is the value of working with my Rolodex. Actually, I have to stop myself. I have an 18-year-old intern who looked at me and said, what's a Rolodex? Um, <laughs> anyhow, it's uh, my whole uh, network and uh, you know, a lot of my selling proposition is I don't do all of the work. I spent most of my career on the client side, just like you. I'm mm-hmm. kind of like your VP of marketing for hire, sort of. Sure. Uh, far less expensive than you know bringing someone on full time. And I right. interact and address all those issues that come with working with all those agencies with whom I've built a level of trust that you know, my team, I literally consider to be extensions of myself. I would bring you to them and know that they are representing the Joe Hage Medical Marcom brand. And gotcha. that's the kind of level of trust that I, I like to build up with, uh, with my partners. Okay. Um, I, I, wanted, I, I wanted to make sure I asked you about that because that, that's interesting. I mean, a cardiac science, publicly traded company, bringing in someone as director of marketing communications that doesn't have any medical background. I think that's, um, that, that speaks to a lot of different things. And uh, I think it's definitely an interesting topic to talk about, so that's why I wanted to ask you. So, but let, let's circle back around because we talked about the fact that SEO is relevant, making sure your customers can find you, making sure your content is content on, on your website is relevant, engaging, approachable, et cetera. What, what, what else? What else do you see? What are the trends? What are the big, big issues that you see uh, medical device companies or, or med tech companies, life science companies are missing in terms of, of their marketing strategy? Hey there, it's Scott, and thanks for listening in so far. 
The rest of this conversation is only available via our private podcast for MedSider Premium members. If you're not a premium member yet, you should definitely consider signing up. You'll get full access to the entire library of interviews dating back to 2010. This includes conversations with experts like Renee Ryan, CEO of Cala Health, Nadim Yared, CEO of CVRX, and so many others. As a premium member, you'll get to join live interviews with these incredible medical device and health technology entrepreneurs. In addition, you'll get a copy of every volume of MedSider Mentors at no additional cost. To learn more, head over to medsiderradio.com forward slash premium. Again, that's medsiderradio.com forward slash premium.